The Will Kane Show podcast is presented by Eno, the Capital One Assistant. What's in your wallet? Tim Hasselbeck for another segment. Jeff Saturday coming up a little bit later this hour. We've hit on the Steelers and the Pats a bunch here. We'll probably get back to that with Saturday. And the Jerry Richardson story. Owner of the Panthers will be selling the team after a report this weekend of misconduct and even some settlement that has happened with employees there. So Richardson at 81 looking to sell the Panthers. Will Kane, Hasselbeck, we're still the show, ESPN Radio. So the reason I bring that up, it's not so much, okay, Richardson, who is he is a guy. Everybody on social media after Diddy said, Okay, y'all, this is just in breaking news. The North Carolina Panthers, okay? North Carolina Panthers are up for sale. He wants in. Everybody wants in. But the raw numbers here actually don't add up. Wait a second. The North Carolina Panthers. You didn't hear that he didn't got it, he got it wrong. He didn't know, he got it wrong. The North Carolina. Oh. Are they cheaper? Probably. Than the Wait, South I've never Carolina heard of Panthers. Them. That can't be a great start. Like if you call them the Massachusetts Patriots on yeah. Sports Center and you know said that mean? you, your dad, and your brother are going to get together, it's, it's the Springfield Celts. You know, dude, whatever. <laughs> Peabody. What's up now? I saw you drop. I heard you drop your Boston accent on Ryan Clark earlier. Clark didn't know what to do. I mean, <laughs> the North, the North Carolina. You almost did boxing. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, North, that's amazing. It is, way. and it's not impressive. But at least Diddy, and you made a good point. Like when you start getting those residuals forever, you know, if you can just get into the DVD release world of your sitcom. You're printing money, baby. Boston Common. Remember that sitcom? Yeah. Those guys are still killing it off of that. Remember that sitcom? Mailbox money, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Allie McBeal. Mm, All over. Sitting around, cashing your money. What I said is when you have an equity stake. When you're not, when you're not just, I don't mean this. When you're not guys like us, I don't want to speak about Tim, so I don't really know. When you're not a salaried guy, right? Yeah. So Steph Curry, God love him. Well, he's a salary guy. He's really rich. He's a salaried guy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to put together the scratch to get billions. See, yes, look, look, you're right. When you're a salaried Listen, guy, you are right about that. Um, so who, we can, who can we rule out now? Who can we save time? Well, well that's why oh. we, we were laughing. We, All of them. Well, All like of the, the Kaepernick names. thing. I like okay, because let's start I think with some people do it because that like, obviously got of a lot of attention and and you know whatever. So Colin Kaepernick made has made forty three million dollars playing professional football. It's cash earnings playing football. Sounds like a lot of money to everybody listening. The reality is that means he has about twenty-one, you know, million dollars post-tax. So now he's lived off of it for a few years here, seven, eight years now. So, you know, the reality is that if you're going to buy a franchise that's worth over two billion dollars, you are not even invited to have the conversation. Like delete the tweet almost. Yeah, it's embarrassing, honestly. It's like it, it shows you. Like, <laughs> no, it is. It shows what? The- well, it just shows how like how out of context you think it is. But I think it actually gives you a glimpse into, um, you know, almost to, to Will's point about these salaried em- employees where guys think like, oh, yeah, I got real money. Like I have real – like this is um, – I'm like all of these guys. He's like, no, 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 you're not. Look, you're making a lot of money, and you're, you have way more money than you ever thought you would ever have. Yeah, Kaepernick very well but, could should have millions in the bank. But the reality is, is like compared to somebody who actually owns the team, you're not even in the same zip code. It was, I, I think I heard I heard this when I was in politics once. But there's no more animosity and no more bigger dividing line in society. It's not the rich and the poor that really, really resent each other. It's the merely rich who really, really resent the stinking rich. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's the real dividing. Well, you know, and I think that's it's uh, it's the comparison trap is what yeah. happens. You know okay, what I mean? But like what about- you think you're doing great. So think about it. we we were talking about this off air. Derek Jeter made nearly two hundred seventy million dollars just from baseball. So Cut it who the heck knows right. what he made between the you know all the other stuff. I mean, he basically had his own brand. You know, the Jordan sure. brand was. So I mean, made a lot of money off the field as well. And what what stake did he buy in the in the, the Marlins? Here's the number on it. It's a four percent stake. He threw in twenty five million, and this is what these teams do. And maybe that's where Kaepernick comes in. Going, I'm not going to cut you like one of the real checks. I'm going to give you one of the Jeter checks. And I don't even think he could come up with a Jeter check based on no, the finances. No, he couldn't that come we up, up with the Jeter right. check. That's so, the point. He couldn't come up with a Jeter check. Magic Johnson could come up with a check, but he still only paid fifty million for a say a three percent stake in the Dodgers. I don't know what magic salary is. The Jeter thing the Jeter thing sounds like throwing twenty five will pay you back. You'll have gotten all your money back here and then you're gonna have a stake. But and you're, you're an Jeter. ambassador yeah, to right. us. You're an ambassador to everyone will like so you, you won't the, trade away our best players. Yeah, because the truth is the people that can come in and buy them. So think about the you know the wealthy individuals that can come in and buy teams. They don't want to start siphoning off three percent here you know, 3% there to some guys that are giving them $20 million. They don't need their money. And they certainly don't need Colin Kaepernick or P. Diddy to be their ambassador. They don't need an ambassador. Not passing judgment on it, not making a value call, just a sheer odds call. What are the chances the NFL owners approve Colin Kaepernick as a minority owner? While he's suing them? (laughs) I mean, it's not, they would, they would laugh about it. Think about the PR disaster, though, if they wouldn't. Uh, oh my God. So you're out. You're not in on this Titans deal. Titans? No, are they for sale? Well, would you tweet out a video of you if the Titans were for Uh sale? Would you and, you and Maddie? Hey, the, Nashville uh, Titans. The, the Memphis Titans are for sale. (laughs) Like, now what? You know? So, so it doesn't seem likely that Diddy's going to buy the Panthers. That's what I think. I'm uh, listen, I I don't know anything about his money. Like I don't I don't know anything about that. All I know is like it then got into like sheer ridiculousness with Kaepernick. But look, even somebody like Steph Curry, who's made ninety million dollars playing basketball, yep. okay, and is due to make a ton more over the next four years. By the time this next contract's yep. up, he'll be about two hundred sixty million in salary, and that's not including all the Under Armour money. Correct. And so, his wife's TV show. But so here, here here's it. But you got to cut it in half. Yep. Even and, more so in California. Correct. And so now, you know, so that's now where you're taking, you know, and look, these guys aren't, you know, they're not driving around in their, you know, Honda Accord from high school or, you know, they're, they're buying homes and they're, they're, they have their money wrapped up in other things. So what kind of check are you comfortable writing to the NFL when, you know, let's also call it. Like, let's be fair about this as well. You're valuing this thing at over two billion dollars, and I don't know his name, but when the owner of the Rockets bought that team, that he basically said, "Look, I wouldn't feel comfortable spending this kind of money with the future of football." Well, look, this takes us back to Saruti's question he asked a little bit earlier: "Is would you buy an NFL franchise right now?" And I was just looking through the Forbes 400 list, like, who's the likely um, purchaser of an NFL franchise? And it, you know, who'd you come up with? Obviously, different than ten years ago. There's some young names on that list now. You know, Mark Zuckerberg, the Sergey Brin, the Google guys. You know, you can keep going down. You'll start getting into more tech names that you, you've heard of. Um, 
would guys like that, you know, under 40? There's 32 of them, man. Wrap and that's up why their money in, we, we in can the- knock that league all you want. I still don't know what's replacing live rights for television, okay? The NFL is going to make more money on the next TV deal, not less. There's 32 of these things. I'm not, if I bought an NFL team today, I would not lose money on the sale in 10 years. No, in 10 years, you want it. But the question is when you're that amount of money, okay? Um, and you look at how long some of these guys have owned some of these teams. I mean, what is the future of football in 30 years from now? Football is very, my dad played in the 80s, okay? Football is a heck of a lot different now than it was in the 80s. So fast forward 30 more years, what is it? I mean, there's a reason the NFL is concerned about youth football numbers being down. Like, there's a reason they are going so hard at flag football. Yeah, and football's family. And it's not because families are signing their kids up to play football. I'll tell you, I would love this. I would love if we could find out the perspective from two individuals, like Peter Thiel, one of the founders of PayPal. Hey, if you're a billionaire, yeah, call in. Triple H, say ESPN. Because you know what? You're probably not making money right now. You're probably listening to us. But That's exactly right. (laughs) Two kinds. That guy, the young, tech, made his money in the last 10 years, made his billions in the last 15 years kind of guy, and Warren Buffett. Value player, sees value in declining franchises. Even there's money in a melting uh, melting iceberg. Does the NFL franchise still a worthy investment? How about we do this? Let's see if we can get a billionaire to call in, and we'll verify you in the break. Triple H, say ESPN. If you're a billionaire, call into the show. Let us know what your plans are financially. And If you think the NFL and paying $2 billion for a small market team is a good investment. Can you stick around? Because I think you're more of the financial advisor than we are, and you'll be able to sniff them out because you hang out with high-end I'll hang around. As long as I don't have to do any pull-ups, I'll stay. (laughs) Hey, and by the way, you guys were terrific with that. I caught some heat, too, saying that I wouldn't do it because I didn't want to embarrass myself. No, somebody did have to host the show. Just yeah, Saturday told me you were bragging behind the scenes about your Not number true. and actually inflated it. I Not heard true. 39 thrown around. Not true. Roethlisberger. Chris, Morton, Chris Mortensen said that he was impressed by both of us. I said, I appreciate that, more. That's why Mort's a good dude. All yeah. right. Billionaires calling in uh, next to the show. There's still a show, ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. And now another edition of Obvious News from GEICO. Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in Obvious News, GEICO makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them, with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's Obvious News from GEICO. I was at dinner last night by myself, 
And one of the girls in the booth next to me told her friends, I don't think they were close friends, but they were friends enough. And she goes, I sang in high school. And they're like, get out. You didn't say, oh yeah, I sang. They're like, you sang? They're like, yeah, I sang. They're like, sing. She's like, no, I couldn't. They're like, come on, <laughs> sing a little. She's like, oh, I don't, it's a restaurant. Well, you just sing. Okay. And she just started belting out show tunes at like a Mexican restaurant. Really? Yeah. You're just like, I hope you're hammered because I don't think you are. I think Was you're it doing good? it sober. Was it, wasn't it, good? That, it wasn't good enough to sing at a restaurant on a Sunday at eight. It was like eight o'clock. Did it draw an applause? No, it drew, it drew looks, multiple looks from the people in the booth area. All right. So restaurants are a great way to make money. Uh, we were asking for billionaires to call into the show. Cuban has not called in yet. The Rosillo show on ESPN radio, Will Kane, Tim Hasselbeck sticking around because he's good at vetting this process. He's mm-hmm. good at just sniffing out the fit because you golf with high end dudes. Good point. Right. Um, he's very Connecticut. Yeah, but he's also kind of new money too, Nashville. Yeah. All right, place is blowing up, but the locals are not happy about Nashville and the Airbnb thing. I've been reading yeah, about no, it, keeping actually, tabs. That's factually accurate. Yeah, I'm on top. Oh, of we stuff. might get an MLS team on uh, Thursday, dude. What is he plugged in? Hassle, mm-hmm. this is unbelievable. Speaking of sports franchises, where's Taylor Twelman? Let's get him on to see what our chances are. Okay, let's, all right, noted. Later this week, Twelman, we'll have Hassel <laughs> call back in. Uh, I got to do this progressive read. And they are the creators of the Name Your Price tool. Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Pee Wee is from Louisiana, and he says he's a billionaire. Uh, let's see if we can figure this one out. And then we're going to ask about whether or not he would invest in an NFL franchise, right? Is that right. what we're doing? Pee Wee, thanks for joining the show. What's up? What's going on there, Rosillo? How are you? So you made – what's your net worth? Uh, i say about $3.2 billion. And you made your money doing what? Exporting crawfish and such to to the world. What's your last name, Pee Wee? Robichaud. <laughs> Robichaud. Now I think it might be telling the truth. Okay, so Pee Wee, with your net worth of three point two billion and such, uh, what would your interest level be in investing in an NFL team? Oh, it'd be very, very, very high. I'm a big fan of the football. <laughs> <laughs> Should I stop trying to spell Robichaux now? Yeah, I, I, I think you can. Pee Wee, congrats on the crawfish business. Um, I almost feel like that's somebody that I know from LSU calling in. Robichaux's great, though. It's good. Did you believe him? Did we hang up too soon? I, you know what? Well, you definitely hung up too soon. That's the I first question has nothing to do with the second. I probably would Smart. have liked to. Good instincts out of you, Will. To see if you could have given us a letter of credit or something. You know, just to. I want to ask questions about the crawfish exporting business. Pee Wee, call back in. We let you go too soon. And such. Oh, he's still there? All right. I'm sorry. Pipe him back up. Yeah, Pee Wee, go ahead. Will has a question. Well, what what do you, where's your primary export uh, location for all those crawfish, Pee Wee? Oh, what's that? Where do most of those crawfish go? You export them to where? What? Where do they go? They go to they go to restaurants and people's houses, right? You don't know what the crawfish do? Oh, you're wholesale. You said export. I thought you were sending them to Brazil. Something like that. Yeah, we're at three point two billion. Them, I export them all over the world. What would you say is your biggest market outside the United States for crawfish? Oh, it'd probably be uh, Portugal. They they big on the crawfish. They don't have any local crawfish. I believe them though. No, no, not in Portugal, man. There's no the, the, the climate's all wrong, man. Uh, how many boats do you have? Oh, I don't have any boats. I don't need boats for crawfish, man. That seems weird. I meant yeah, to export. He farms them. I'm sure he farms them. No, but I'm them. saying to export them out. Like, do you have some shipping? Oh no, I don't own my own ships. I get the Greeks to do that. Right. Hey, Greeks. hey, right. hey. Will you spell Robo Show for me? 
R-O-B-I-C-H-A-U-X. Thank you. Okay. I think we owe him an apology. Well, this- I'm sorry. Hey, thanks for listening, man. Buy some more ads. Yeah, Buy some thank crawfish you, man. ads here on the Rosillo Show. Okay, Dwayne in Maryland says he's a billionaire. Hey, Dwayne. Hey, how you doing? How did you make? Billionaire on my yacht. So. Oh, well, it's pretty good. It's Can so- I just say before Dwayne gets started, I love the consistency in the billionaire attitude. It's very direct, right? <laughs> I don't really have time for this, but I called in because you asked. How you doing? What can I do for you? Uh, yeah. So, what can yeah. I do for you? Exactly. Exactly. How did you make your money, Dwayne? And will you buy an NFL team? Would you be interested at least? Well, I made I made all my my money on uh, Bitcoin. <laughs> Started from the bottom. Now I'm here. When? How did you know to get out? Oh, I'm still I'm still in it. Paper money. Oh, it's on. And you would you be what we would call new money? Oh yeah, definitely. So you've been a billionaire for you'd say how long? Oh, about three years now. Three years you've been a billionaire. Yes. Wow. What's your net worth? Uh, it's about two and a half billion. <laughs> What'd you get in at? About a thousand dollars. What was your initial investment? You uh, it was about fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred dollars. We should yeah, have you on probably. more often. This is this well, is a, clearly can see a good investment. So, what do you think about investing in an NFL franchise and everything like that? So, you know, it's like a couple different things on the sides. Side side project. That's good. But Tim asked yeah. you a question. Here you go, Tim. Yeah. We, so you obviously can see a good investment. Uh, what do you think about investing in an NFL franchise? Uh, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's a terrible investment. Why is that? Because it's it's nothing. It, it doesn't give you the return on your investment. Dude, just put in fifteen hundred. This dude just turned fifteen hundred dollars into two point five billion in what'd you say? Three, three years? years. Three years. Three years. Why would yeah, you? I'm with you, Dwayne. Yeah. I mean, NFL franchise doesn't double up, yeah, triple you, up, quadruple seriously. up. Why are you questioning Dwayne? There's no return. I'm not, I mean, Dwayne's on a boat, Tim. I'm just Where are you right a now? Question. I get some text messages back from my Louisiana people. Yes. And um, the best is <laughs> what <laughs> I got one text back from Baton Rouge that said a Pee Wee Bartholo, <laughs> so like a real dude named Pee Wee in Louisiana that's into crawfish, and then a follow up by a Y. Um, I got another one from LSU guy <laughs> saying lots of Pee Wee nicknames down here. One. Uh, number two, I don't know a peewee in crawfish. Three, I doubt a crawfisher is a billionaire strictly off of crawfish. Four, we're in the wrong business if there's a guy named peewee that's a billionaire off crawfish. $3.2 billion. Right. Right. And the girl from Louisiana has not texted me back. But By the way, back what? to that Vermont uh, career advice counselor. She really overlooked one here. Do you think they export many crawfish to Vermont? No, not Portugal. at all. But Clearly, Portugal. Portugal. It took, it took. excuse me, Peewee. He didn't. He doesn't. Clearly, he doesn't know that much about the shipping arm of that that company. Well, my gut on that was he's got crawfish farms. He's not. He's not wild fishing for these crawfish. He's. That's interesting that that was your gut because my gut is that Diddy's not interested in partnering with those guys. Good point. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. All right. Up next, Jeff Saturday on his relationship with Jerry Richardson when they went at it during the CBA negotiations. That and some of the stuff at Steelers Pats right here. Will Kane, Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Okay, 
that electricity charge inside Energy like a lightning strike Take one spark and I will ignite Never stopping, I won't stand by Now that Human Resources Director Ryan Lee has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent and time He's really on top of his game He even has his own hype song I'm the best beyond belief I got strength and got the speed I got the entire workforce Complete with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. No, nobody catching up. They're not fast or strong enough. I got that electricity charging inside. Take one spot in. I'm attracting and engaging the best people every step of the way. Never stopping, I won't stand by. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Never stopping, I won't stand by. Jeff Saturday with Will Kane on the Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio. And for those that may have missed that last segment, we got a lot of side texts from guys, Jeff, that appreciated uh, the billionaire questions that we threw out. We had billionaires call in. So if you missed the billionaires segment of the show this week, we're going to play just a little snippet of it again and previously. Okay, uh, Jeff, let's go here first. The Jerry Richardson story, Panthers owner, he's going to sell it. I know you spent time with him when you were negotiating against the owners, the CBA. How do you remember your dealings with him? No, I, I think, you know, I heard Ryan Clark earlier today and just the way that he spoke, uh, about it and the way that Richardson made, um, you know, African American players feel in, in our negotiations. And I was in those rooms and I, I can assure you there were times when it made everybody uncomfortable and, and just conversations that, um, kind of in a condescending, condescending way that he spoke to, uh, certain guys. And so, um, I, I'm not surprised by it. You know, I'm not surprised by that he's going to go ahead and sell the team. I thought last night, Cam Newton was asked a question right after the game was over about what was going on. And I think that in itself is kind of a picture behind the curtain of how uncomfortable you made that, you know, Cam Newton, who's the face of your franchise and is the name that everybody associates. And and you could tell Cam was completely uncomfortable. He didn't know how to respond because how do you speak for someone that you don't really know how they're, you know, acting and all the behind these closed doors, but you know how he has been to you. And so I think it's a tough situation. I think he's doing the right thing, selling it. Um you know, even hearing Ryan today um, on first take and, and and how offensive he felt in 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 some of those meetings and conversations, um, I could completely see that. And again, from a white guy in the room, I, I was felt uh, you know I, w- I would feel uncomfortable, but never you know it, it wasn't it wasn't towards me. And so I, I definitely saw a difference. Um, and 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 so you know from from that standpoint, I completely relate to what he's saying. What were Jerry Richardson's interactions with you as an individual? Because you sat with him many times, right? Yeah, it was contentious. I mean, we, we got along fine. I mean, you know what I mean, as far as when it was when we were out of meetings, it was very brief anyway. I mean, it was owners and players. Um, he was always very cordial to me and treated me well as far as those things. Anytime I've ever seen him since, or even before that, he was always respectful to me. But when you're in a when you're in a closed room negotiation there was some there was some get after it's now you know what i mean there were some there were some words flying and some uh significant battles going on behind those closed doors and so it in those situations it was very contentious and we would go at it and i and i would leave it at that just because some of it i'm sure uh from another owner perspective you know i don't, I don't want to get into all of that okay all right let's do some of the football stuff then jeff saturday here rosillo show will Kane, espn radio did you learn anything about who the Pats and Steelers are when we see him again, likely in the playoffs from yesterday's game? 
I was impressed with the Steelers uh, on, on both sides of the line of scrimmage. The offensive line-wise, they played really well. I mean, I, I really believe that. I mean, I heard people talking about, hey, the, the Patriots got to set the edge, and that's true, but when that guy's blowing you off the ball, it's hard to set the edge. I mean, I, <laughs> I give them a lot of credit for how they play. Le'Veon Bell played really well, um, and I thought defensive line-wise, they got after the Patriots. I think the Patriots will go back and look at that tape, and they'll get better from it. You know, uh, Dante Scarnecki, their O-line coach, won't let that happen again. Um, because to it, Hayward, you name it, all those guys were in Brady's face all night long. And so, um, they know that, that, you know, that, that game, they kept themselves in it, obviously with Gronk playing the way he did at the very end, but they didn't have a lot of snaps in the first half. You're not going to win a ton of football games playing that way. So I think from that perspective, I learned a bunch about what the Steelers are capable of. It's just a matter of can you put it together against the Pats? Help me make sense of what happened on the last play of the game, what Ben Roethlisberger's explanation was at the end of the game. Should he have clocked it? Should he have thrown it? Should Todd Haley have told him one thing? Should he have done another? Just what? I, I don't know what to make of that whole thing. No, I th- listen. I don't. I don't. It's for me. It's a, one of those plays where he's trying to force it in from the call. But we practice those things all the time. I mean, I can tell you from even in my time in the, in, in as a Colt. Thursdays and Fridays, we're practicing two minute, we're practicing end of the game situations, and there's a fake clock for every team, and you're going to do it if you can get away with it. I think, you know, he calls for the slant, thinks he's going to get it, and Roe makes a great play, man. Like, we never want to give defensive players credit for what they do. By God, that he stayed with them, and he dives in front of the ball. All really spectacular plays. You're thinking if you're Roethlisberger, even if the ball hits him, it's going to be incomplete. You're not thinking the guy's going to reach across the body of your offensive player, tip it to his next guy. So I don't have a problem with it. I understand when it wasn't right there, do you throw it away? But maybe Roethlisberger thinks it's going to come in there and come open. I think it's easy when you're looking from hindsight to judge it. Listen, man, you thought you won the game two plays ago. Now you're trying to make it work. You tried to fit it in. It went the Patriots' way. But give the defense credit. Stop just blaming one side. Okay, so I don't have a problem. I don't think any of us have a problem with him deciding, okay, I'm not clocking this and going to fourth down to kick the game-tying field goal. But what we're trying to figure out in the explanation, as we were in the start of the show, was Ben then saying, I wanted to clock it. And Todd Haley says no, mm-hmm. and Rodney Harrison lost it on him as we were talking about at the halftime of the NBC game. So what's going on there? Is is Ben selling out his coach, or is that good honesty from him? Or as Harrison accused Roethlisberger, just flat out lying about it? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I have no idea what what happened in the headset. So you know, you're asking if Haley called it. He guess said, and be irresponsible, Jeff. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I said guess and be irresponsible. Yeah. I mean, no. here, here, like, how does that happen? Like Peyton, obviously, could do whatever he wanted. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers, when you played up there, he could every do whatever he wanted. Yeah, I mean, every, every every quarterback in the top ten of all quarterbacks, they have that play. And so you know, to have expectations, he's not going to do it any different. If Haley said, hey, clock it, fake clock, whatever the play is, and he sees it, even look, quarterbacks, players in the NFL, think about the Cowboys last night with, with Chris Jones. He calls his own number on the fake punt, right? If it's there, do the count. If it works, great. If not, we're going to live with it. Now, it's on your own 20 yard line. It's a big gamble, but he, he made it. It's a big gamble for Roethlisberger, but if the play is called and you see it, or even if it's not called and you're like, hey, I got a good advantage right here with Rodgers on row, man, at some point you got to go win the game. Like, you can, like, again, you can second guess because of what happens, but to me, that, that's silly. I mean, he, he thought it was there. He tried to force it, never thinking you're going to get a tip. 
you know, interception right there on the field. He's probably thinking the ball's either going to go in the dirt or out of bounds um, when he's trying to hum it in there to, to Rodgers. But unfortunately, Rowe, again, makes a great play. And here's the, here's the worst part about it, man. They're coached that way. So it's not lucky. It's not this. It's they are prepared. The freaking running back from the Patriots knew they faked the clock play. So if Deion Lewis is talking about after the game, you know that was in a team meeting that was addressed. They played better than the Steelers. At the end of the game, they went. Biggest problem today. You got to pick one quickly. The NFL's catch rule, as exhibited in the Pat Steelers game. The NFL's fumble touchback rule, as exhibited in the Cowboys Raiders mm-hmm. game. Or measuring a first down with an index card. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I love the smirk. <laughs> he was so happy. <laughs> he was so happy. You, you saw him like walking towards the camera. It was his moment. Oh, Gene loved his moment to take it. I will say for me, the catch rule, not the way it was called, because I think they made the right call, right? To overturn it, incomplete pass, because that's the way it is. But to me, that's a football move. And when it crosses the, the goal line, and it has to be, I just want it to be a goal line type play, the same way as a run. When it crosses, if it's controlled, and it, that, that's it. I mean, that's the completion of it. It's a touchdown. It goes, for me, goes all the way back to Megatron. That was the first place where we missed it, and we have screwed it up ever since. Yeah, no doubt, man. All right, good call from Jeff Saturday. All right, all of our guests, including Jeff, but he wasn't on the phone, all of our phone guests, the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Pennzoil Synthetics, taking synthetic motor oil performance to a whole new level. Make the switch to Pennzoil Synthetics today. The biggest crawfish distributor in the South the guy's worth like over $3 billion. He called into the show today, believe it or not. It's ESPN Radio. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard. The bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously because he knows you should switch. Because, yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. High-end stuff here. Rosillo Show, Will Kane, ESPN Radio. You got one, right? Y- yeah, we've had a couple. I, I the don't... feedback to this has been incredible. Like, the most really successful people are reaching out to talk about the billionaire segment. Well, a lot of them want to get in on it, you know? Yeah, they want us and... to keep doing it every day. So I got to shout out to my friend, Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> <laughs> so says, Sir Mix-a-Lot likes you. I don't know, Mix. But do he, you like me? I mean, it started out rocky, but I think we've gotten to a good place. That's cool, Will. You should feel good about that. And he says to me that he ordered 420 pounds of mud bugs from Pee Wee, <laughs> but Pee Wee sent him a pile of the same stuff he gave us on air. Pure BS. He said he's loving the show today. Though. People down in uh, the, you know, call it, the, well, Baton Rouge isn't exactly the bayou, but uh, that part of the country, they're telling us that he didn't even spell... What was it? Robichaux. Robichaux? Is that what he said? Not even close. Well, let me tell you this. What I got to give him credit for. He did go AUX, though, on the way out. He he didn't hesitate. When I said spell Robichaux, he didn't stumble. He hesitated. He He didn't didn't know. Yeah, but he didn't know where their number one exporting country was. He didn't know that much about the shipping. What are you talking about? He said Portugal. Quickly. Yeah, after. No, no, no. That wasn't quick. Go back and listen to the tape on that. Why don't we roll it? We will. But, (laughs) yeah. I don't. What else? Like, I don't think we could ask billionaires every day to call into the show, but you could do something like that. Like, if anybody's ever died and come back to life call us that's oh. what we should be doing with the show absolutely yeah every day there should be As one thing have you ever died touched heaven and come back and come back call in please and, consider it an yeah. open line if that's happened yeah and give us your take on the Steelers moving forward 
Well, the first time right. I died and came back to life, and I got to tell you, like I think we're getting a little old in the secondary. <laughs> That's what we should. We could be changing lives this whole time. All right, okay. hit us up at Rosillo Show, one hundred flowers dot com Twitter feed. Here is previously with our interview. This is the number one crawfish guy in the South, allegedly, right? All right. Previously on the Ryan Rosillo Show. What's going on there, Rosillo? How are you? So you made. What's your net worth? Uh, I say about three point two billion dollars. And you made your money doing what? Exporting crawfish and such to to the world. What's your last name, Pee Wee? Robo Show. <laughs> Show. Now I think it might be telling the truth. Okay, so Pee Wee, with your net worth of three point two billion and such, uh, what would your interest level be in investing in an NFL team? Oh, it'd be very, very, very high. I'm a big fan of the football. <laughs> <laughs> Should I stop trying to spell Robichaux now? Yeah, I think, I, I think you can. Pee Wee, congrats on the crawfish business. Um, I almost feel like that's somebody that I know from LSU calling in. Robichaux's great, though. It's good. Did you believe him? Did we hang up too soon? I, you know what? Well, you definitely hung up too soon. That's the I first wanna, question has I, nothing to do with the second. Uh, how many boats do you have? Oh, I don't have any boats. I don't need boats for crawfish, man. That seems weird. I meant yeah, to export. He farms them. I'm sure he farms them. No, but I'm them. saying to export them out. Like, do you have some shipping? Oh no, I don't own my own ship. I get the Greeks to do that. Right. Hey, Greeks. hey, right. hey. Will you spell Robo Show for me? R O B I C H A U X. Thank you. Okay. I think we owe him an apology. Hmm. <laughs> Did we not give a billionaire his due? And the great unexplored question is this, Ryan. How did you make your money? Exporting crawfish and such. I don't think we considered the and such enough. No, we picked up on it. When he did say, I like the football and kind of went water boy on us, that seemed a little suspect. I think my favorite part of the whole day, which I tried to share with everyone here, is I immediately started texting everyone in Louisiana that I know. Like, what do we got here? Just to be fair, like, what if Pee Wee Robo shows? And they're like, oh, Pee Wee, PWR, legend. <laughs> Loves your show. Has a box at Tiger Stadium. Super close to Jerry DiNardo when he was the head coach. The By Tiger. the way, before you reveal your information, now that Pee Wee needs to know, when you call in from Louisiana, you're calling into Boston Ryan's backyard. And you know what? You bring up the LSU thing. If you are the number one crawfish distributor in Louisiana, you do have a box in Baton Rouge. Yeah, and I'm going to find out if you're real or not. Right. But this is my favorite part is Brandon Landry, who, by the way, the walk-ons Independence Bowl, Florida State, and Southern Miss, in case you guys, you know, I'm going to be heading down for that one now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I send him a text. I go, hey, is there a guy named Pee Wee and Crawfish down there that's a billionaire? And Brandon... Who's great random text? It, it, this isn't just a dude who owns walk-ons the bar. He's like a food kingpin, so he's in on all this stuff, right? It's not just his little spot there with all the parking across the street from the stadium. He throws back a Pee Wee Berthalo, like a real dude, and then a Y, and I haven't responded yet. And he told you didn't, or somebody told you Pee Wee's a that's a common name in Louisiana. Yeah, that I didn't. I haven't met as many peewees in Louisiana as I thought. I, maybe I don't know Louisiana the way I thought I did. Or maybe not close enough with you to give you their nickname. 
Yeah, that's true too. My name's Luke, but they call me Pee Wee. Why do they call you Pee Wee? I have such a great story with a nickname Pee Wee. You don't have, have time. And I have 20 seconds left in the show. So you're going to have to come back tomorrow, everyone. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> I want that all day, Bubba. You, I expect you to be better with that thing. Yeah. Robo Show. And such. Portugal. Download the podcast. Subscribe for Will Kane, the Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio. Yeah.